Welcome everyone to our special podcast, Meet the Mentor. This podcast is designed to help international students in the U.S. with their career search. My name is Quan Siegel. I am the CEO and founder of International Career Advisory, or ICAway. We are an empowering community for international students, and we provide different coaching programs to support international students at different stages of their career search in the U.S. In this Meet the Mentor podcast, I will be speaking with a U.S. professional who I truly admire their career search journey. Most importantly, they are compassionate leaders who want to help younger generation become professionally successful. My guest mentor today is Angela Jiang, a professional services director at one of the big four. Accounting firms. Angela has over 13 plus years of experience in audit, controls, risk management, and compliance. She is a former international student herself, and she understands the challenges in the workplace that are brought by cultural variances. Angela was able to overcome the barriers and has spent a significant amount of her time coaching diverse candidates, landing their dream job. And excel in it. And today, Angela will be sitting with me to discuss some expectations from global companies and winning strategies that international students can follow in order to become extra good during the job interviews. And thank you again for you know spending your weekend in the morning on Saturday morning with me like this. <laughs> no problem, and thanks for working with me on this. Can you believe that it has been two years since the first time that we met? It has yeah, been two years I since know, the first time that we met <laughs> at the Ascent <laughs> National Convention. Year. We met in San Francisco when I uh, right. went there for um, the resume coaching. And Ascent is the largest pan-Asian professional network in North America. Mm-hmm. It's a, such a great place to network. And when we met, I shared with you about what I'm doing here at ICOA. And it's just so great to learn that we share this common interest in coaching and mentoring. I had experience working in a big four as well. I understand how demanding the job is, but you are so incredible to be able to jump on a call with me on a regular basis to discuss about how can we coach international students to become successful with their career development in the U.S. So I just feel so grateful having the opportunity to get to know you and today to interview you for this topic, job interview tips. Right. I, I really, I really welcome this opportunity, and you know, it's a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. So yes, you always say that. To it. Great, great. And you know, the topic today is very simple, but so important. Actually, we come up with this topic because not just because we want to talk about it, but international students that I got a chance to collaborate with, they ask for this topic from you. Because the interview is one of the hardest hiring processes and students are so struggling to succeed because of the language barriers, cultural barriers, right? Before we get into the details, could you please share with us a little bit about your background and your journey to this current leadership role? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm of a finance and accounting background. So naturally, when I started my career, um, I actually started with external audit fresh out of school at a big Ford accounting firm. I spent about 
three and a half years out there, four busy seasons, um, and I gained tremendous experience with accounting and financial reporting across different industries. What I was very much enjoying that experience, I was looking for something to dig deeper into the verticals of my knowledge and my experiences. And that's when I decided to move into the internal audit field, where I focus more on the risk considerations, overall organizations, process improvement opportunities, and how it directly impacts the bottom line. And I was in the industry for a couple years, leading up a young internal audit department. And then I went back to public accounting and big four to continue my journey in the internal audit field. And I would say what I do today is vastly different than what I learned in school or how I started my career. Um, I work with a lot of companies, uh, their internal audit and their risk compliance functions, helping them thinking through their strategy, how to mitigate and monitor the risk more efficiently and more broadly and through analytics and through innovation and automation, as well as helping them to think through the digital journey and transformation that is a significant part of our lives nowadays. So transformation is the key word here, like um, the world is changing so fast, right? The business needs to transform itself, otherwise it will not survive in this competitive world. You were an international student as well in the past, how many yes, years ago? Wow, you're, you're trying to age me now. So, you know, <laughs> so, well, I'm sure that we're not so I, far apart. <laughs> I came to the United States uh, in the early part of 2000 and actually did my undergrad um, and also graduate study here. So it's been a long time. I would say I still remember distinctively, and you'll hear me talk about that today, um, remember that distinctively of how nerve-coming it was to go through the interviewing process to get to my first entry-level position. And I was fortunate to have good mentors and folks around me who gave me great recommendations. And in a way, I'm feeling I am uh, paying that forward with the international students now. That's so great. And okay, let's jump forward now. Mm -hmm. So I would love to learn a little bit, how many candidates have you interviewed so far? So I'm heavily involved um, in campus recruiting, experience recruiting, and also um, the firm has various different diversity programs. So I was heavily involved in those uh, recruiting processes as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the days I, um, I actually attend the Ascend National Convention, the one where you mm -hmm. and I met, mm -hmm. I typically mm -hmm. will spend several hours out there meeting with candidates, giving them advice, uh, some coaching on interview skills, and I'll do those mini interview, mock interviews with them over there as well. So I'd say it's probably between 2025, maybe with the years I attend the conference, um, getting close up to 50 on an annual wow. basis. Wow, on an annual basis. And you have been in this field for over 10 years now. Have you got a chance to interview international students as well? Quite a bit, quite a bit. Wow. So. At the ASEAN National Conference, mostly it's uh, Pan-Asian professionals that are seeking job opportunities, right? And in addition to that, I mentioned that at the firm, there's quite a bit of diversity programs out there. So I do interview uh, quite a few of uh, international students or students with a diverse background. 
um, I find it very interesting to understand the culture background and how it impacts their behaviors and their communications, and that establish a good report from the get-go in the inter- in those kind of interviews. That's a great experience for international students to be able to speak with you on site like that. Such a valuable opportunity. And from, I hope it provides them yeah, a bit of comfort level there as well. Mm-hmm. Being yes. someone with a similar background. What were some of the great questions that you got from international students in the past? Can you recall any of the great questions from them when great they met with you at the I career said, fair? Mm-hmm. As, as part of the international, um, I would say a lot of the good questions really come with the preparations. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I don't think this is um, a factor that matters whether you're an international student or students. Uh, that grew up in United States. Mm-hmm. That preparation is a key. When I get questions that clearly ties over to the strategy of the organization I'm working at, um, ties closely to the position that they're looking for, or they demonstrate that they have already done the research of the organization that they're looking into, and the question is directly relating to certain initiatives or platforms, that very much impresses me. And then from that interview experience with the students, do you finally work with international students in your department? I do. I do. Okay. We actually, um, even based out of Cleveland, um, mm-hmm. we do have a diverse uh, workforce. And as the firm is a national global firm, as you can imagine, there's quite a bit of uh, folks from all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So we take that very proudly and take that very seriously, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but also after the folks after the folks are successfully migrated into the firm, we focus quite a bit on the coaching and mentoring. That's great. It's good for international student to be able to seize this moment when many large organizations care about diversity, right? Right. Um, right. Okay, so let's uh, talk about this one, a popular one about immigration question hurdle. As we all know that hiring international students is simple for short term because students are eligible to work on their CPT and OPT. But then for long term, they will need a change uh, in their visa status. And for that reason, not all employers are willing to consider international students, not even for the second round of it. The interview. So from your experience as an employer, as an interviewer as well, what have you seen so far for a case that international student is able to jump over this screening, this immigration screening hurdle and get into the second round of the interview and finally secure a job offer? Can you please share with us? Yeah, so I get asked that question quite a bit, and uh, I think at times this is a element that would potentially discourage some of our international students and candidates. Um, the advice I've always given is be prepared and be extra good and make yourself stand out among the large quote of the candidates. Because think about it, it's simple. If you're really good, no employer would want to pass you on or even have the opportunity of their competitors will be able to snatch you up. So they're going to work extra hard to get you into the firm as well. Mm-hmm. 
and that goes back to the preparation and uh, do whatever it takes to make you stand out. It also takes quite a bit of a self-analysis to be able to identify what is that couple things that make you the person that you are and make you stand out in front of all of the other candidates that make you different. And maybe can you go back in time a little bit to talk about the time that you were an international student and do that kind of self-analysis. Can you share a little bit tip with us? Yeah, so from my experience when I was in the international student's shoes and going through my entry-level uh, interview process, I think the key thing for me is I did quite a bit of preparation. Because at the time, um, I'm not saying that I'm not anymore, but at the time, I was mm, very shy. Mm -hmm. And I was a introvert, and it was difficult for me to always carry down uh, casual conversations. I wasn't embedded into the United States and the American culture just yet. Mm -hmm. So I knew what I wasn't good at, which is small talks and uh, having casual conversations with people. So I practiced quite a bit on those and even listing out certain questions that's pertaining to those areas. For example, asking people about how their vacation went, ask people about what they're going to do over the weekend. Um, if I have an in-person mm -hmm. interview that's actually in front of someone's office, I will look around their office, looking at pictures and different things on their on their desk and try and find that commonality. That's great advice. Other, yeah. Yeah. Go right. ahead. Yes, it is. It is. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, small talk and build rapport, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And the other thing I did, um, I did as well as part of the preparation is I always make a point of asking the coordinator who is going to be my interviewer before the interview right. happens. Mm -hmm. You won't always get that information, but once you do, you can search on LinkedIn, uh, maybe even looking through some other social media to get to know this person a bit. There is, however, a balance in that because it's, I think in, in nowadays, the environment, everybody would assume that there's research being done on the person beforehand, mm -hmm. but there is a balance of keeping it professional um, and uh, keeping it relevant to the interview topics. Right. But I often find, hey, this person, this interviewer actually went to the same school that I went to, or this interviewer um, has done some work, perhaps in China, where I'm from, or they have um, similar background in school, um, the same industry, something that actually ties that common ground together and helps me in the conversation and helps me asking probing questions as well as keeping some of those casual points going. Mm -hmm. Well, Angela, you raised such a great point about the, how to win an interview in those soft skills right communication building rapport we are not talking about technical skills at this time we talk about how can we build that kind of com commonalities right common interest with the interviewers and make someone like you from that conversation with you 
It's all about relationship. It's called about right building relationship because at the end of the day, you can be a potential potential colleague of your interviewer. So they want to hire someone that they want to work with. That's exactly right, and we've mm-hmm. said that quite often in our interviews. Um, once someone passes the um, the paper review of the resume and actually goes through an interview process, we clearly like their background, and they clearly have the qualification to fit into the candidates that we're looking for. And more importantly, the conversation we're having with them is focusing on behaviors, not technical. And what we want to do is making sure this is someone that will fit into our working environment well, and this is also someone who will be enjoying working with us. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for sharing us with you know sharing with the students about all these tips and insights. Very helpful. And uh, well, again, Juan, yes. I think I think the others. Apologize for cutting you off. I think the other thing goes back to what you and I have talked about just now is the preparation. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the most important and key element of the interview. Mm -hmm. And often when we're in interviewing and uh, interviewing the certain candidates, we can see a distinctive difference when someone is prepared versus not. And by being prepared, I guess I'm talking about couple key things. One is the research and preparation for the interview process, including the company, understanding the area that you're applying the job for, understanding the position that you're looking into. So that's one side of the the preparation. The other side of the preparation is actually very critical on preparing to tell your story. And that's the part I often started with preparing for some standard um, behavior questions. There's, also, there's often quite a bit of question being asked around um, your background, understanding who you are, tell me what is your career aspirations. But there's also ones that the interviewer are looking into more specifically around leadership capabilities, communication skills, organization and management skills, um, as well as how you work or act within the team environment. Mm -hmm. And often what we see in the candidates is they do prepare for those answers, but the answers are more rehearsed or in a presentation form. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's quite generic in the way of just telling the interviewer what they want to hear or that doesn't make the impact. What makes the impact is telling your story. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I ask a candidate, well, give me, give me an example of um, how do you play a role in a you know, team project or a group project? And uh, how do you typically interact with your team, right? Mm-hmm. And we all have those very standardized um, answers, things like, well, you know, I usually try to be the leader of the group and I focused on um, making sure we have a good project plan in place. We focused on making sure all the team members are carrying their weight and doing what they need to do and keeping an eye on the deadline as well. So there's standardized answers that every interviewer has already heard, but it makes this so much more impactful when the candidate is 
using an example that's recently happened and showcasing what they have done and what role they have to take or they plan to take and what challenges that they have run into. How do they overcome those challenges? How do they go through the difficult conversation when things unexpected happen? And how the team at the end of the day was able to learn and achieve out of the whole experience. Wow. This is great. Right. We I'm sure that you you are familiar with star approach too, right? Like talk about situation, task, action, and result. And for I see a way we also emphasize on this structure, but we modify it a little bit. We call it SPAR, S-P-A-R, situation, problem, action, and result. And what you just mentioned is so great, right? That is something the interview the interviewer would love to hear. It's not just, okay, I'm a great team player. <laughs> I always meet deadlines. It's not like that. But you have to tell your stories. Make it authentic. Juan, you know, one thing, you know one thing I find very interesting? And this is not um, specific to diverse uh, candidate or international students. I think that this is across the board. Is be able to tell the story of what you've done but also hone in on the impact. So how did that impact the result? Mm -hmm. That is actually one of the hardest things to do in presentations and in conversations. Mm -hmm. And often when we see a candidate who's not only telling us the story of what happened and what was being done, but also hone in on how did that whole experience really impact the result? Whether they saved so many hours in the project or whether they got an A at the end of the day and uh, whether it's the team actually got closer and stronger in working together, which sets the tone for future projects, mm -hmm. those impact statements are very important and often does not come out as part of the interview conversations. Mm -hmm. And if there's a good interviewer, they will probe and ask for that information. But if they don't ask, that's great opportunity that just got missed in the conversation. Right. Don't forget to highlight the impact statement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. I think one extra point mm -hmm. to, uh, to bring in and hone in on the preparation side of things. Mm -hmm. I talked about the preparation around uh, knowing the company, knowing the position you're right. looking into, and I also talk about the preparation of getting to know your interviewers ahead of time. The one thing I often see candidates not do is get prepared um, to ask questions. So it's very natural as interviewees to think that we want to focus 100% of the time on answering questions that interviewer is asking. But Often, the interviewer will leave about 10, 15 minutes at the end to answer any questions that you have. And if you're not prepared with those questions, that's, again, great opportunity. That's missed, right? Yes. And this is also an area that's difficult to get through because it's hard to ask the question and knowing what are good questions to ask. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, can you give us a little bit of, you know, some of the examples in the past that you feel, wow, that is a great question from the student? That's a great 
that's a good question for me, Kwan. Mm. So um, maybe if I step back and talk about some of my experience preparing for those questions. Um, so as I was going for entry-level positions and I was in the accounting and finance field, I did quite a bit of preparation ahead of time. I think I had a cumulative list of uh, maybe 25 to 30 questions that I would be asking. And then I tried to tailor those questions to the specific position or the company that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And those preparation of the question, it needs to be making sense and ties into what your industry, the industry you're going into is about. So for example, my first position was with Big Four. And as you can imagine, Big Four at the time, um, everybody knows that it works a lot of hours and the work-life balance is one area that has been um, a struggle for the folks in the big, big four industry. So a lot of my questions are probing into understanding the work-life balance. What does this organization do? What program do they have to offer? Mm -hmm. How do they make sure that their, um, their employees are not getting burned out? And how do they make sure that their employees are healthy from a physical, mental, spiritual um all aspect of the thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one question I remember preparing quite a bit on. Other questions often comes up is, as a large organization that you're going into, it is important that you know this organization is responsible. And socially, um, as well as from a overall organization standpoint. So asking about their social responsibility, their volunteer program, their giving campaigns, that's always a great question and they open door for conversations with the interviewer and allow them to tell you a lot more about the culture and the dimension of the right. organization. Right, because those kind of, you know, cultural aspect, right, the organizational culture aspect, you can sometimes just what's online or on the job description, it doesn't cover enough. It's better to have a conversation with that person who's working in the organization. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And keep, keep in mind that when we're doing interviews, the interviewer is evaluating the interviewee, but at the same right. time, this is two-way two street. Mm -hmm. So the interviewee should mm -hmm. be evaluating the interviewer as well so and impresses the employer when they hear that you are very serious about the position and you are thinking about how your personality, how your beliefs and your values are fitting into this organization that you're interviewing for. And it gives them more comfort of a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. And step back a little bit to earlier that you mentioned about doing some research about the person you will interview with this ending of the uh, of the interview process when they ask you do you have any question for me that question will, you can also be related to that interviewer as well right to be to build that some kind of rapport and curiosity about the job that they are doing that's a great point. That actually was the first question that I asked pretty much in all of my interview is I would ask the interviewer, well, you obviously have been with the organization for so many years, you know, things that I play back as part of his or her introduction to me. Um, and I will ask what 
what made you stay and what made you continue mm-hmm. to love this organization and want to be working in it? And I also asked for their career trajectory within the, the company and the firm and get the sense and coaching on how that could be helping me as I step into the role. That's so great. And you can create a conversation out of that question. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because the interview is a two-way street. It's about creating a conversation. It's not like you sitting there and waiting for the questions and then you just give the answer. Can you describe those common mistakes that students normally make during the interview? I, I think I've seen three things that often cost the candidate the offer that he or she are so eagerly to get. One is presenting it rather than having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Two is what we talked about, too generic in showcasing, you know, why you're the right candidate and right person for the job and not getting into too much of the personalized stories and showcasing the impact. And three, I would say, is um, not prepared with the question for the interviewers. So a lot of the things that we have already talked about. Right. But this is such a great summary. You made me think about one more point. Um, Often in the current interviews, at least in my industry, in the accounting and finance, uh, we often, in addition to have the interviewers, um, also have what we call a host. So the host person is often someone that's closer in age and closer in the position that the candidate is looking for. It is important to carry down good conversation with those host folks as well. Even though it's only about maybe two, three minutes as you walk in into the interview room, as you're waiting to be seated or to be introduced to your interviewer, that you have a quick and casual conversation with the host. But these folks, these hosts are, um, they're evaluating the candidate just as the interviewers. So carry on that conversation would be very helpful. And at the same time, because they're closer in age and closer in the level, they can tell quite a bit of story around what it really is like to work in this organization. That's great. Actually, that reminds me of my time having that interview at Deloitte. And yes, I think that is also one of the key success factors why I got hired by Deloitte at that time. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the key is keeping it casual, even though we all want to ask a lot of questions around the specifics of the job that we're looking into candidates need to make the host and interviewers comfortable that this is someone that they want to be part of their team and working with. Mm -hmm. And often that starts with the small talk, asking them about how their day went, asking them about their family, you know, their, their life and their vacation plans and establishing that report is important. So great that you talk about this because, you know, like, uh, for, for many of international students, especially people from the Asian culture, we don't normally do that kind of conversation with someone that we just met. We have been taught that we should not be, be so nosy about their personal life. We should keep it very formal. But here in the U.S., everything is different. 
you can yeah. talk right you can ask about their vacation plan even this is the first time that you met with them yeah, yeah. that's absolutely right and Kwan, I will share a bit of an embarrassing story about myself. Um, and I think this would be helpful for our international students. I, I think I mentioned earlier that when I first came to United States and going through my entry level of the interviews, I was shy and introverted. And uh, um, it was difficult for me to carry down the small talks and having those conversations. So what I ended up doing is preparing a portfolio of myself. I went to small town schools and I have a lot of um, newspaper clips, um, certain pictures and photos of the things that I, I have experienced and I've done to get into the American culture. Um, I had photos of me dressing as the red dog Clifford at one of the uh, children's <laughs> fair. And uh, I have photos of when I um, achieved uh, my first award in the United States and uh, wow. holding a little flag of some, some sort. Mm -hmm. So I pulled a lot of those together and put it into a portfolio binder. And I carried that with me throughout the interviews. And wow. there was a situation one time that the interviews almost failed because I ran out of questions to ask. And uh, I basically said, hey, I have my portfolio with me. Would you mind I show some of my photos with you? And that opened great doors. We were laughing, wow. we were conversing, and it took a lot of pressure and nervousness from me as I have something in my hand as a visual aid to tell the story. That's so great. Such a great tip. Well, I'm not sure like these days with the digital world, how many of us have that? physical portfolio anymore but this is such a great tip yeah and and nowadays with the digital world it's even easier right mm -hmm. you can pull up can pull up your cell phone and start showing uh photos to tell the story mm -hmm. hey i have a dog and uh, is actually similar in breed as yours that's the one that you just talked about look at how mm -hmm. cute it was and look at how i was uh, playing with my dog over the weekend and what we did there's quite a bit of story can be told without much of the preparation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you use that last, you know, the, the last portion of the interview when they ask you if you have any questions to show that portfolio? That's right. Mm, okay. That's great. That's, that is so personal and, you know, authentic. Thank you for sharing with us. So at the beginning, you mentioned transformation right lots of transformation going on in the business world these days and one big you know one biggest trend is about the digital world can you talk about the skill sets that the candidates can bring to the table when it comes to serving the organization helping them with the transformation Quant, that's a fantastic story and uh nowadays if the candidates have some digital background meaning things that could be relating to engineering and uh, um, IT development, um, IT experiences around analytics, um, understanding automation, RPA. A lot of these are going to put a niche onto your resume as well as onto your interviews conversation. Mm -hmm. So as 
some of our international students here may not be even at that graduating stage. They may be in their freshman year or sophomore year. My recommendation is start re-looking at your curriculum for the four or five years you're at school. Start adding purposefully of some of those digital elements that's in there. So for example, getting some uh, MIS, some uh, uh, information communication system side of courses into your curriculum, looking into a course that helps you understand the overall strategy and the tacticals around data analytics, mm -hmm. and looking into things like UiPath, Alteryx, different um, Tableau visualization, um, different type of the data analytics as well as the automation side of tools mm -hmm. to get yourself quote up in those areas. It is important to showcasing your capability in these areas as part of the interview and making sure those are outlined on your resume as well. This is so great. This is so great. And, you know, a part of our coaching programs, we also mentioned that students should learn how to analyze the job. Like, for example, if they want to be a business analyst in the future, then why don't you just download a couple of job in uh, job descriptions, like five to six job description and compare the skill sets that they require in that job description and see what you're missing, what you don't have right now. And if you're in school, you can start learning those skills and have it ready when you need a job, right? It's so good to That's be exactly up to date when you're still in school. That's exactly right. And at the same time, um, even the job description does not particularly say anything that's digital or analytics, anything of that sort. A lot of organization overall, as, as you perform the research, will find out that they're going through a digital transformation, right. meaning that they're digitally transforming the entire workforce within the organization. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be applicable to any of the positions that our candidates are looking for. Mm -hmm. That's great advice because you're not just, you know, recruiting the, the candidates. You also mentor them, coach them, help each individual grow within the organization so you know what kind of skills the organization needs in the future. Right. That goes back to be extra good. Be extra out. good. Isn't that sad, though? Like, in, in, from an equality standpoint, why do I need to be extra good? But uh -huh. I, I think, I I think the, the, part, <laughs> <laughs> the part that we want to encourage the international student is you always want to strive for that excellence. Mm -hmm. And uh, when somebody, it, and we don't just come to United States just because it's fun, right? Mm -hmm. We came here with a dream, with a goal, with an objective, right. and that already put us as extra good. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the international students or say to them before we finish this podcast? I want to say you all can do it. Believe in yourself. Believe in the time that you spend in the preparation, and it would definitely pay off. And if you get nervous as part of the interview, especially at the very beginning, that's totally normal. Just step back and maybe even say to the interviewer, yes, I'm very nervous because I'm so excited about this opportunity. And uh, mm -hmm. take a deep breath and start over again. 
all of us can do it. And I am excited to hear great, great results from all of you guys. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much again for your time today, Angela. I'm sure that students learn a lot from you today. Good. I hope so. And uh, in the same time, if there's any further questions, feel free to direct them my way. And I'm more than happy to um, answer them, give more of the insight or even do one-on-one if needed. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Make sure to visit our website, icaway.com, and let us know if you have any questions about this or what else you'd like to hear in the next episode. If you found this helpful, please tell your international student friends about this as we all need to help each other.